0: Hello, welcome to the Unraveling Technology Podcast. It's me, Joe Tonks. I've got Adam Willerton to my right, and to my left should be David Johnson, who's going to be turning up in a bit. It's a little bit of a crazy one today. Um, We've got to be out of this room by four o'clock. It's 3.26 now, so a condensed podcast for you. Um... We're going to talk a couple of, we'll do a couple of news stories, and then uh, we want to chat a little bit, a little bit of a spoiler cast for the new solo film because it's got, it's become a bit of a rite of passage now, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I went to uh, I went to talk uh, talk Star Wars when it comes out. Uh, but first of all, bank holiday weekend was that good fun?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was good. Uh, I was in London. I went to see the Rolling Stones. Very nice. Yeah, we stay over. Yeah. Yeah. Cool.
0: Whereabouts do you stay?
1: Uh, we stayed in King's Cross, actually, just because it was cheap. Okay, um, right. It was like a hotel or an Airbnb? Yeah, Can hotel, be... hotel. Um, Check you
0: out. Swanky.
1: Yeah, but it was all right, yeah. Um, spent the full day in London the next day, but it was like 30 degrees. So oh, yeah. It was pretty unpleasant in yeah, central it's London. Stag-
0: it's one of the reasons I wouldn't want to live in London, I think. Yeah, I guess we really the, the stagnant air. Mm-hmm. Was the underground all right?
1: Uh, It, it was pretty brutal, yeah.
0: Oof. Oh, well. You're back now you're back in sheffield where where uh, <laughs> where the air is not moving and it's still very hot, but at least it's not thirty degrees not yet mm. um did you we, to well as we were saying earlier I've uh, I'm continuing on my odyssey of spending all of the gift vouchers that me and my wife have accrued <laughs> over the last however many months so we went to uh I think it's called 18 something something it's oh, the on spa, West Street yeah the turkish baths or the old turkish baths up in uh, up on West Street uh, for a spa <laughs> morning mm. on the on the bank holiday monday yeah. which was yeah
1: it was all right yeah
0: it was um Because the way that they do it is you've got a bunch of rooms. You've got one where it's like a hot sauna and then you've got an ice room and then there's another hot sauna and then there's a plunge pool. you familiar with the plunge pools? Yeah, yeah. So the whole point is... Like just ice water. Yeah. Yeah. So the point in my mind is you go to a spa to relax, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) See where I'm going with this, right? (laughs) The whole time, because what me and my wife did was we went in there, we do hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. Then, go have a rest, go back, hot, cold, hot, cold, hot cold. The thing is the whole time i'm enjoying the steam rooms or sat there having a drink, I'm thinking about the next time i've got to get in the plunge pool, yeah, it's and a- it basically ruins the entire experience for me
1: yeah oh, it's yeah it pretty... can't be
0: good for you, can it plunging from suddenly being having very being very hot to being very cold
1: surely <sighs> that's i don't know what the. I can't think what the point of it is. I would imagine to wake you up a bit.
0: Oh, I was, I was awake already. <laughs> have you ever heard that thing that if you're hot, the best thing to do is have a cup of tea? Because it doesn't alter your core temperature. Is this from,
1: That's from Peter Kay, isn't it? Is it? Peter Kay says, uh, yeah. he makes a joke about like, can you imagine him at Wimbledon? Like, uh, you know, <laughs> after they the after finished the set, they're like, here, here you go, here's your cup of tea. So I've cooled down.
0: It might be one of those things that turns out to be patently false, yeah. like different areas of your tongue are different receptors, sweet, sour. Because mm-hmm. that's not true either. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Just checking, just yeah. making sure we're on the same page, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was a good weekend, good weekend. Anyway, uh, yeah, so as I say, we'll do a couple of quick stories, and then we'll dive into the spoilers, or uh, our thoughts on Solo. We'll let you know when that's going to happen. So there will be spoilers later on, but we will clearly delineate when that's going to happen. Uh, so first story I've got, in fact, both of these were provided by David today. So it's cruel. It's a cruel irony that he's not here at the moment. Uh, the first one is about Facebook, because of course it is. Mm. Uh, Papua New Guinea are going to be looking at blocking Facebook for one month at some right. point in the near future. So taken from a uh, an article, uh, Papua New Guinea is banning Facebook for one month in order to research the social network's effects on the population and to crack down on fake accounts. Now, I'm not entirely sure how banning people from using Facebook helps them identify and, f- and crack down on fake accounts. Um, but the the I suppose the more interesting element of that is to research the social network's effects on the population.
1: So, so Papua New Guinea's banning it. Not mm. Facebook banning themselves. No, no. So yeah. why why did why are they so bothered about fake accounts? I think a lot of it's it's to do
0: more with uh, fake accounts and pornography on there, right? Because I think it's quite a. This is just my surface level understanding is that Papua New Guinea's got quite a strict kind of religious, uh, like over, you know, kind of, a, well, yeah, religious yeah. country. Yeah. um Also about eighty percent of Papua New Guinea's uh people live in more rural areas with few modern facilities. so off the bat this this doesn't it maybe isn't quite as big news as it sounds our whole country blocking Facebook because my understanding is that not a lot of people in Papua New Guinea use Facebook to begin with, but they're doing it um well well, they're doing it um I'm not sure I'd appreciate the government making that choice for me personally no coming along and saying you can't use facebook i think if people want to mandate for themselves they're not going to use facebook as we always talk about doing in here every other month yeah. and they're not following through with that's that's a different thing but yeah i'm not sure i'd want the government telling me that
1: yeah i don't know um well, where do, where do you where do you draw the line you know
0: mm. do you see that thing the other day uh, someone was selling their Facebook data on eBay. No. <laughs> so the idea was, you know, we always say, oh, Facebook, oh, they're selling your data, et cetera. Well, one guy uh, decided to put a positive spin on that, and he put up his data on his, sell- sold his Facebook data on eBay to the highest bidder. And I think it went for something like $400.
1: <laughs> but... So why why did he do that? Like what would someone buying his data get from that?
0: Probably nothing. But, but it's it a novelty, a, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's like someone selling... There was a thing that I saw. Someone on eBay was selling a hole, and they had a piece of cardboard with a hole cut out the middle. And they said, for sale, hole, cardboard not included. <sighs> yeah. So it's just, I oh, think man, it's one why, of those things like... We you,
1: need to just get on this, don't we?
0: Yeah. People sell stupid, like wasn't the first thing that was sold on eBay, like, I don't know, a Rice Krispie or something like that.
1: That's a great quiz question for Christmas. It was a quiz question. I definitely heard this in a quiz and I've forgotten
0: it. And next time it's a a (laughs) quiz question, I'm going to kick myself. But yeah, this fellow thought, if I'm, if Facebook's going to harvest my data, I might as well be getting a cut of it. So he he put it up starting at uh, 99 cents and it's, it went on from there and. Yeah, it was something like three hundred, three hundred and eighty-five dollars $385. The good thing about that is it's kind of like a digital license. You can sell it to somebody, provided they don't then go and give it to everyone else. You can just sell it again and again. Yeah, yeah. Every time you need, you know, a bit of a cash injection, just get up there and sell your Facebook data.
1: Does that include um, bank details though?
0: No. I can't think of a reason why your bank details would be on Facebook.
1: Uh, for advertising?
0: Good question. I'm not sure. I need to have another troll through and see what kind of data they get in there. I remember yeah. last time I checked it, it tells you things like ad advertisements that you click on.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty thorough, isn't it? What, was it Facebook where the, someone printed it out and it was just like pages and pages and pages of data?
0: Could well been. Yeah. Because
1: it'll track it'll track like every time you've logged in. Oh, David's here.
0: Oh. Live. David in the studio. David, we've got a microphone for you. We're just talking about the stories that you provided, including the uh the the Papua New Guinea Facebook thing. And I'm now gonna move swiftly on to the other one because we want as much time as possible for our solo spoiler cast. Okay, so the uh, second story that we've got is another one from the, the Sophos blog uh, about California testing digital license plates and uh, and the, the tracking that's in those plates as well. First time I read this, for some reason, I thought this was some co- sort of uh, license plate tracking, you know, uh, character recognition thing. And I thought, oh, that sounds a bit old hat. But no, what we're talking about here is Digital, actual digital license plate so instead of a stamped piece of metal being stuck on the back of your car it's a little display that uses the same technology as say a kindle e-reader so that would be e-ink i suppose yeah which is statically charged ink that doesn't actually consume a lot of electricity at all in it, fact i don't think it it takes any
2: does it and, it takes power to change the display but once the display is set it doesn't use any so kind of in your Kindle, when you're changing pages, that uses up your battery. But when you just statically, you know, sat on a page, that's not using any power. Which is why your Kindle displays like a um, like a picture all the time.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, I think they in some California they're testing these license plates. I think they're using them on about is it a hundred or so cars at the moment tootling around with these on. Their main reasons for doing it, I think, is. I think it's trying to kind of pave the way for autonomous cars and fleet tracking well california wants to position
2: itself as this sort of i guess because it's all silicon valley valley e um Mm. it wants to be known as the kind of place where you can bring in your you know million dollar idea that you've formed your small startup for and do testing there and kind of launch it there and kind of kickstart businesses and things through that. So they want to be open to these kind of things. And, yeah, a a big part of that is autonomous vehicles and the future of, I guess, road technology.
0: Necessary technology, do you feel? I mean, I know that any technology that comes along, there's an element of superfluousness about it. And my thinking is you don't really need a little digital display to tell you what your license plate is so
2: yeah so they talk about the pros the pros of this um which is worth covering because on the face of it, it it doesn't seem like that obvious that like why would you want this um let me play devil's advocate then if you try and sell me on it okay so it includes in inside the r plate uh, as this is called there's um wireless tracker technology which means that you or the police can locate your vehicle um so and anyone else presumably well no it'll be it'll be locked down Uh um unless it is you know hacked (laughs) like any any of these internet of things devices runs that risk if you've not secured it properly Mm -hmm. um but yeah so if you I don't know, I guess maybe if you forget where you park it or probably more realistically if your car gets stolen yeah. you can track down where the car is or at least where the license plate is uh, presuming that the crooks might be get quite
0: wise to these things and remove them if they're going to steal your car. How accurate is GPS for detecting things like speed? Because my GPS, my TomTom will give me an approximation of what it thinks my speed is when I'm driving. I wondered if this could double up as kind of a black box thing, you know, like you see in some some learner driver's cars or well, any cars really where you have a box that tracks speed for insurance purposes.
2: Um I think probably it depends on where you are and how good your GPS signal is because I think I we've all seen tunnel, yeah. We've all seen GPS displays where it's kind of like bouncing you around a sort of several hundred metre area because it's not quite sure where you are. It thinks you're probably on a road, but it's not sure which road, one of these three.
1: We'll figure it out. Um, Can can I be that guy and just say, why do you need a digital display for that? Uh, Well, that's
0: just one facet of what it can display. So, yeah, the other
2: aside from the tracking stuff, the other thing that you can do, which is more built into the whole digital display idea, is that you can make it display things um, when the car is switched off. So, if you put it on, say, city service vehicles, you could display uh, either advertisements or, you know, notices about you could park up a bunch of cars and display that the road ahead is closed or something on the license Mm. plate Um, this is all kind of pending that aspect of it getting signed off by um, I don't know which company, what uh, Mm. uh, group it is that's responsible for deciding whether or not your car is allowed to not display a license plate while it's parked
0: Yes, because I would imagine for things like ticketing purposes, if you mm. were parked somewhere illegally, then they'd need to know the license plate. I think I'm I'm guessing that at all times it will have to display a license plate, but maybe the license plate would be pushed into a corner or something. Yeah, putting maybe. somewhere less uh, less obvious.
2: You can also customize them a bit, uh, display text and stuff on top of your license plate number. So we'll if message
0: you- to the person who's tailgating you that kind of thing
2: yeah kind of passive aggressive driver stuff (laughs) move off the bumper sticker onto the license
0: plate you know with kindles how you get you can get a subsidized version of a kindle that has adverts on do you think they'd maybe subsidize the cost of one of these e-displays by having that advertising option there because let me tell you David these things aren't cheap if you wanted to buy one for your car seven hundred dollars And on top of that, there's a $7 per month service charge for the GPS and things like that. Plus installation fees. Yeah, plus installation fees. Plus the cost, plus plus having that checked as an extra thing in the MOT whenever it goes through. Plus the fact that someone's going to rear-end it and it's not a little piece of metal that you're replacing. Yeah. It's a $700 tablet.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm really so easy strugg- to I'm play struggling.
0: devil's advocate with this thing. Oh uh, yeah, I'm mean, Yeah, you you asked me to sell it. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm. I'm not sold myself. It does really sell itself. No. Maybe we shouldn't be so down about technology all the t- time. Yeah. I wonder if we come across as luddites sometimes because we just don't understand. I'm sure in ten years' time, everyone's going to be driving around with these things. I'm having a whale of a time. The 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 article I pulled from my
2: one of my favorite sources of technology stuff, which is the the Sophos naked security blog and the angle that they take being a security blog is if if you can track the plate and presumably the manufacturer can track the plate and the police can track the plate, what's stopping A, the police tracking people that they're suspicious of and B, how secure is it and can other people track you? Mm. So just by sticking in the ability to track a plate kind of opens up a whole can of worms of because at the moment if you want to track a vehicle by number plate yeah then the probably best option you've got are sort of automatic number plate recognition cameras which yeah are installed around and the people who tend to run those are either businesses where you know you're entering their car park a private car park yeah yeah, or the police Mm -hmm. um whereas this if it was say hackable suddenly opens up the possibility that you know you could stalk somebody by hacking into a license plate database and tracking their number or maybe even not even just hacking in, but if you can, if they've got the ability to track their car, all you need to do is figure out what password they've got and then you can start tracking them as they drive around, you know, that kind of thing. And then there is the other element of the police. What if the police start using this as a way to track suspects without necessarily getting, you know, um, warrants. getting warrants warrants and things because there's already evidence of, for example, police using stingrays, you know, like fake cell phone, oh, uh, mobile right, yeah. phone towers, to basically you can set up a a fake mobile phone tower and all the mobile phones in in that area will connect to whatever's got the strongest signal. So if your fake tower is the thing with the strongest signal phones will connect to it and therefore you can start intercepting information about calls and and you can also start triangulating where people are figure out you know which room of a block of flats the suspect is in that kind of thing uh which police are doing without warranties
0: necessarily all of the time but is this a price worth paying if it means that you get to sync your spotify account to your license plate so the car behind you knows what you're listening to. I think if you're that kind of person, you've
2: probably got your windows down and the volume up anyway. <laughs> yeah.
0: Good point. Good point. Yeah. Well, we'll see if it, we'll see if it catches on. I'm struggling to see the appeal of this. Really. Mm. Yeah. Fair enough. It's uh, it seems a bit unnecessary, and there are privacy concerns. Um. Sorry to rumble through this uh but uh
1: now to the most important now to the actually. most
0: important part so if anyone uh we'll, we'll give our thoughts on the new star wars movie solo um spoiler warning for anyone who hasn't seen it already because i guess we'll go into a little bit of detail on this so this is your this is your opportunity to opt out if you'd like to um but without further ado adam you always seem to be the person who sees the star wars films first and we always come to you for your very hottest take so can you please put us all out of our misery and tell us what do you think of solo a star wars movie
1: uh or story i wish or they hadn't made it
0: you've changed your tune
1: no i haven't <laughs> well you told
0: me the other day that you thought it was all right
1: i said it was good f- I th- if i said it's kind of fun mm. but what's the point in the film mm-hmm. there's just no point
0: well it's the extended star wars universe
1: I just thought it was so stupid. The
2: point, the point, Adam, is to generate a tick list of all of the things that we know about Han Solo from the original yeah, three exactly. films, and then work your way down them and explain them all away.
1: Exactly. It, it was honestly just stupid. I'd, you could, you could have, you know, reskin it, reskin it, and make that a story about someone else. You know. Some, some other character that we know nothing what, about. Someone already. else doing the castle run. Well, oh, reskin I it, I call it something different. Like what? What made that the castle run? Like you could call it the... I don't know. It was a pointless mission. Like you knew they were going to get away. You know he did it. They tell you that in the first film. <laughs> you know they don't die because they're in the first film. Like I just thought it was ridiculous.
0: What did you think of? Uh, um, I don't know the name of the fella, but the guy who played Solo. I think that was a good performance. Olden
1: L? Uh, it's old something. Yeah. Olden something. Yeah. I thought yes. it was pretty good, yeah. I mean... I th- I, I, Iron Reich? In? Yeah. Something, something like, like that. that. I don't know he's if he's pronouncing that. that right. He's in that Coen Brothers film, is
0: yeah, he? Yeah, Hail Caesar. That's where yeah, I first He's pretty good in that, actually. Yeah, No, He was really yeah. good in
1: that. Yeah, I thought it was good, but, you know, Han Solo is uh, Harrison Ford, isn't it? It's just like someone pretending to be Han mm. Solo. Really, I,
0: I think that was the the distinction that I saw a lot of people saying was they weren't after a solo film per se. They were after a, a Harrison Ford film. Um,
1: it, like, yeah, it was it was as good as he possibly could be, but that's always going to be not as good as Harrison Ford, isn't it? Didn't yeah. have a lot of a uh,
0: lot of material to work with.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just I thought it was pretty daft really the more i think about it the more angry i get about it <laughs> but uh, th- you know it's what this podcast's for getting angry but uh, look it was fun wasn't it It was quite a fun action film and like there was some cool little bits in it and stuff but on the whole just like what i mean what well, why the, was the, the nods
0: to the star destroyers being built and things like that yeah. Again, that was a, f- a throwaway line from the original trilogy, wasn't it? Yeah, but but again,
1: you could just Karelle. do that in a different way. You could, you could just do it in a different film. Make a film about the Star Destroyers being built. Like that would be way more interesting. <laughs> the I
0: logistical think. nightmare
1: of building. <laughs> yeah. It's just a man in a room with a pen and paper. Um, <laughs> sure. Why was Darth Maul in it? Oh, that what? thoroughly
0: threw me. So say strange. something that I think that was one of the highlights of the film that Darth Maul was in it.
1: Yeah, but that yeah, exactly. No. I mean, yeah, like, sure.
0: It was it was uh, nonsense. But my response it, as I mean, I, okay. My initial not, response was you didn't think it was him, did you? Because you didn't. see didn't, a logical reason for him to be there. So
2: you... as somebody who, when I was younger, I was very into Star Wars, and I'm less into Star Wars now, but I still like to think that i know quite a lot of it about it and the universe and so my thought process was they've all of the old extended universe stuff outside of the you know original three films the the prequel trilogy and then the new films that they're making now and media that they're making now um i thought that was all non-canon it was gone it was called star wars legends and it didn't take place anymore um so i was aware that there's this kind of extra story about how darth maul didn't actually die when he got cut in half he was very very angry and he managed to use the anger to crawl out of a vent and go and get himself some spider robot legs and Mm -hmm. kind of go off but i thought that was all in the now non-canon extended universe. So my response to watching that was that's not Darth Maul. Is that Darth? Is that supposed to? He's dead, isn't he? I thought he was dead. Have they just found another person who
0: looks like who's
2: that species? (laughs)
0: Do you think that's a family trait to the ring of horns on the head? Well, it's
2: it's a particular like uh, species of alien, but but this one has a lightsaber as well, so I guess he's a Jedi as well. Like, that was my thought process. It was not, oh, cool, Darth Maul's back. It's, yeah. Darth Maul I'm thoroughly confused by that. Yeah. <laughs> Never really thought about it. He's got horns coming out of his head, Technically, Joe. they're all aliens. But he's got very human features.
1: <laughs> Hottest of takes. <laughs> technically, everyone's an alien. Really. Okay, right, he's yeah, not, right. They're not on Earth, are they? <laughs>
2: he, he's not a human. Um, yeah, okay. Well, I think, yeah, fair enough.
1: But, but yeah, there is there is that TV series that animated. Yeah, I then that's all in, I
2: then it. I then looked it up, and the the Clone Wars and I think Star Wars Rebels is it yeah, both I think have so. Darth Maul in and are both canon. Yeah. So that whole Darth Maul getting spider legs and then getting new legs, kind of. Yes, that's fine. I would have been less confused if we had seen him with
0: robot legs.
1: Well I think he does but it's just not very clear. Like I've seen screenshots of it since then mm. he does have robots. Oh, okay. I think there's a mechanical
0: whirring when he gets up as well. Right. Um,
1: I
2: didn't I didn't pick up on that. No, I was too I busy being, being shocked yeah, figuring out if it was. being nothing. like what are you doing film. <laughs>
1: um this is another thing as well isn't it? If they, if they've introduced him to to sort of like continue that his story on the big screen. They've already done it in the in the tv in the rebels or whatever yeah, so like will they do that again
2: spoilers for well from what i was reading because i've not seen any of the animated stuff spoilers for that he
0: dies at some point in there
1: yeah obi-wan kills him doesn't he I've i guess I, w- I watched that scene um, okay i've watched all the bits with darth marley basically um, so
0: again we're saying that there, there's nothing interesting about his art because he has to survive until a until
2: particular established point in the canon yeah. i
1: mean like everybody dies don't they i know that so but do you know what i mean like you just podcast. know what the yeah but you know what's you just know what's gonna happen i just think it's so pointless because even if it even if something does happen that's like good you know it's ultimately pointless because it'll get ar- there's six films after all that happens mm. so like it doesn't matter eh?
0: I, I was reading a review where someone said oh, i thought the interplay between uh between Solo and Chewbacca was really good. I would love to see more than more of that. And I was like, "Bro, there's three films you can watch if you want to see more of that." I uh, have good news for you. Yeah, interesting to see that uh, Chewbacca started a uh, started his career eating people alive as well. I
1: kind of like that. That that was actually the best bit about the film was the Chewbacca. The
2: ups and downs on that, I think. Like, Ripping I did not out. need to see Han Solo. Making Wookiee noises.
1: Yeah. That was unnecessary
2: um, and stupid.
1: Well, exactly as well, because like he just talks to him in English for the entire series. like you never see him speaking Wookiee, so why would that they
2: We were um we were discussing it afterwards after seeing it and we were like, you could you could take another pass at that scene. Like ultimately, what's the point of that scene is that they they understand each other and they kind of bond. And you know, instead of fighting one another, they team up. So all that really needs to happen is that Han needs to show that he understands Chewie, and Chewie understands Han. Mm-hmm. Chewie just needs to say something, and Han needs to understand it, and then che- and that and respond, and that causes Chewie to pause and stop attacking. That's mm-hmm. all that needs to happen. You don't need him to like speak wookie like how's he fit how does he know how to speak wookie if he's grown up in the slums of Corellia? yeah i, I think i think my my problem with it kind of what it basically boils down to is it feels like the whole or most of the plot was written to serve the points of we need to cover these areas of hans prequel story so we need to see him meet chewbacca we need to see him get the millennium falcon we need to see him do the kessel run and it's kind of like point 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 construct a plot around that you rather than write a good plot
1: it's like first. the you know the the gold dice that they like introduced mm. in last jedi
2: yeah
1: and or, Oh, like they, I guess yeah, they've like, been
2: in the background of shots before. Yeah, yeah exactly. That,
1: we was, who, we who were cares? supposed to know who that, what that was about, and we were like, okay, so they're Hans dice. Apparently that that he's like his prized possessions which, which, that we've only just seen now. Here's the origin story of those dice. Yeah, like it, what? Oh, this it, is mental. It goes
2: into such detail about such minor things. Like it really, really cares
0: about. Why dealing did we know
1: to, need to know where he got his surname from? Yeah, okay um, that, that is I'm not, so
0: stupid i really don't care about that either way and i don't know why everyone's getting upset about because
1: that. it's so pointless though because like,
2: yeah he's just that's his name
0: because, we don't know because
1: why it's just the cherry on top of everything else that they did with the film it's a bit of a funny note though isn't it
0: <laughs> it's <good to> know <laughs> so it's chewbacca
1: how did tell me how did chewbacca got his name not know. Did you, I don't I don't know, know, did, did you
2: know? Did you know that we have to establish why Han calls
0: Chewbacca Chewy? Because nicknames yeah, aren't a yeah, thing. We have to have that. a scene about that.
1: I totally forgot about that. That is so bad. Isn't <laughs> I it? think you
0: summed it up as well, Adam, when you said, "There's only so many times I can get emotional seeing the Millennium Falcon."
1: Yeah, like it's been that, introduced about four times in the whole of the films.
0: Again, another <gasps> another very
2: very minor tiny little thing is that they make a reference to escape pods being jettisoned in episode four in star wars and the millennium falcon has this weird notch out the front of it yeah so they go to great lengths to basically explain that they the millennium falcon used to have a solid nose and that's where the escape pod not escape pods, but escape pod <sighs> singular was, and they jettisoned it is into the mouth of it. that what
1: that was it. about.
2: And the upshot of all of that is that you spend, you know, the 90% of the time you see the Millennium Falcon, it looks wrong. And you go, this is weird. This is kind of bothering me because it's not, it doesn't look right. Why has it got this nose cone thing? Why is it not the right oh, shape? Yeah. And like, what? The, the, I can't see any reason why they did that apart from to make this random callback to a throwaway line about escape pods being jettisoned in the log, yeah. well, and and it doesn't even make that. sense because it's escape pods plural and they th- a jettison an escape pod a escape pod singular.
1: Yeah, well, same
2: well. same like line of reasoning with the Kessel run stuff. How uh, Are you going to get upset about the parsecs? I'm going to get upset about the parsecs. Okay. So original problem in Star Wars Episode Four, New Hope, they talk about um, the ship doing the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. Whoever it was that wrote that, George Lucas or one of his writers, whatever, didn't realise or didn't bother to check that parsec is an actual thing and it's not a unit of time it's a unit of distance. Mm. So when he said, did the run in 12 parsecs, it kind of bothered some people because they're like, but that's time. That's not, you know, that's not time. That's distance. So they go to great pains and it's like major plot point in this film to retcon that. So the Kessel run is now this kind of route through a, um, like, uh, what's it called? Yeah. Like, a. can't remember. Um, just like a
1: galactic gas, dust, isn't gassy it? Yeah.
2: cloud thing. Nebula is the word I'm yeah. looking for. Um, and the shortest route to get to to get to or from Kessel is twenty parsecs distance. So, but they don't have the time to travel that. So they have to find a shorter route. They have to find a shortcut through, and they manage to find one that is twelve parsecs. Actually, a bit longer than twelve parsecs. So. Essentially what they're saying is they've retconned it so that instead of the Kessel Run being 12 parsecs being it man- the ship managed to do it in a short amount of time, it's now the ship managed to take a shortcut. So they've rephrased it so that parsec is now a unit of distance again, which is correct in terms of what parsec means. But it completely breaks the original line, which is about... They're looking for a fast ship, and Han Solo says the ship is fast because it did the castle run in less than 12 parsecs. But But that now doesn't mean anything. Yeah, because it's like, hey, is your ship fast? Yeah, it's really fast. I took a shortcut in it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Also, that's good. It's just they
2: don't, they're just so laser focused on these tiny, tiny little plot points to, I guess, appeal to the hardcore fans that they don't even think about the context of them in terms of the wider context of the movies. What does this mean in terms of, like, the Parsec thing? And also in terms of, like, is this actually a good thing to do? Like, is it is it a good decision to make Han Solo be called Han Solo because he's on his own and an Imperial officer just called him Solo? Or is it a good thing to retcon Parsecs back into distance?
1: The thing? The and thing is, like just, yeah, the just, point, why the point of it all is this. Like, I know this all this discussion sounds extremely nerdy and that we're really nitpicking. But the point of it is this is we just want to take Star Wars on face value to be to be like a cool adventure film with like lots of good ideas in it but when you start br- the, the, what it does is they're bringing this kind of discussion on themselves because they are trying to mess with it to the point of this yeah. like just leave it alone we could okay if parsecs means whatever we're in a different galaxy it might in that let's just say in that galaxy it means this like, it doesn't matter
2: or at least like <laughs> for what think of the bigger picture when you're doing it like just thinking about it like i like I just put out there, you can see that it doesn't make sense. Like, okay, you fixed one problem and caused yourself another one, so don't do that. But also, do you need to? Right? Like, do you really actually need to do that? Because I don't want to go and watch a film because it goes through this checklist of, you know, things that I
0: remember from the films that
2: I liked. You I say want- that.
0: Ready Player One released earlier this year. That's its entire shtick. It was okay. Yeah, it was all right. Sorry, continue.
2: <laughs> if Ready Player One was a masterpiece, then that would, you know, ruin my point. About it. But it's it's not, my opinion. Um, yeah, I I don't want to see something that just goes through a fanboy checklist. I want to mm. see something that is a good, competent film that stands on its own.
1: Yeah. And what what in that film really? Uh, surprised apart from Darth Maul which was totally ridiculous what about about that film surprised you you could have guessed every single plot point of that film I think
2: I was surprised that the uh, uh, Kira lived at the end I guess did you care? Mm.
1: I thought she was a very bad character I
2: had well my my problem with Kira was that they never really so they establish that she's got this kind of backstory of she's you know um he's so he's trying to he's trying to get back to her that's Han's motivation is that he has to abandon her and then he wants to come back to her Mm. um and you think that that's going to be his motivation for the rest of the film but about a third of the way into the film she just turns up again and she's managed to escape herself so that's
1: how small is that galaxy (laughs) everyone knows each other don't they
2: But so they established that she's, you know, had to, she's gone through some things, she's had to do some things, um, and that they, you know, can't just run away together, which was their ultimate plan. But they just kind of allude to that, mm-hmm. and then they never sit down and talk. Like, what would make sense from a character standpoint if, if you're Han Solo and you've spent the last three years trying to become. A pilot, the galaxy's best pilot, solely for the reason of returning to your home planet and rescuing your young love. And then you run into her on, you know, in the payroll of some local crime lord, and you end up on a mission with her. Would you not sit down and have a chat and find (laughs) out what's going on? And, like, you know, What's the deal with you and the crime lord? Like, is there any possibility that we could just ditch him and run off? Is there consequences to that? What's, you know, are we able to, like, are you able to leave? Are you in? in are you a slave? Are you in servitude? Are you in debt? Can we pay off some... You know, you'd have that conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't. They just don't. And the reasons that they don't, they have, like, little bits of conversation and then they kind of just slightly get interrupted by somebody... i don't i don't buy the reason that they get interrupted in their conversations and i don't buy the fact that they're not having that conversation the whole point of that is to kind of stretch out right to the end when there's this reveal that kira is working for or under darth maul and that as a payoff just doesn't work because the rest of the film doesn't make sense because why are they not talking
0: Mm. There's a line uh, she delivers it's when they when they first meet up again. I think where she, she says something to the effect of, "Oh, how did you get off Corellia? And her reply is, "I didn't." And uh, f- my first thought was, "Oh, holograms in play? Here we go!" But no, it's <laughs> force
2: projecting.
0: It, yeah, <laughs> but no, it kind of yeah hints at that deeper kind of darker story there. But and they it feels never like, they
1: never
2: it. tell it. Like what what would make sense from a from a plot standpoint is that in the third act you discover like she betrays him and you discover that she's actually turned evil or that she's working for a higher power that she has no control over or something you you pull back the curtain on all of that past and you reveal that it you know the whatever happened to her in those interim three years suddenly affects the main character and the plot. But hmm. it really doesn't. No, Like the only effect it has is that at the end, she says that she's going to come with him, but then she doesn't.
1: Yeah. The, as well, w- one of the things that I do like about this film, but that could also be seen as a negative, is I like how it depicts the Empire on like a minute level. Like you see all the like ground level soldiers and the grittiness of, of like the wars and stuff. And that's good.
2: Yes, and they—they're they're not really in it. They're not a bad. They're not the bad guy, which no. is kind of refreshing.
1: But like, they could have just made you know, like the gangster who Kira's working for, or whatever. They could have just taken him out, put Darth Maul in. Uh, like kind of allude to him being the the main bad guy all through the film, and then reveal that at the end because yeah because but then it feels more it feels more weighty because the whole thing like the, this just some low level gangster who gets killed off and none of it really matters like I don't know I just thought it was really really just ropey. Because it's not very
0: franchisable if you killed off Darth Maul and then. You don't have a, a you don't have a hook into whatever the next film is. Well, I
2: guess yeah. But,
0: you can't kill off Darth Maul
2: because he's already
0: been killed off in a different.
1: Well, they part don't. Of well, the they don't even need to kill him off though. They could just have him just cut there. his legs off again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pour water on his legs as <laughs> <he messed> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I d- yeah, it... just stop making stuff like this, please. Just was... Let's have something different. There was a couple no. of bits.
0: You can have a Lando film, you can have a Fett film. You can have an obi film.
1: It's, it's Bond in terms of Star Wars, hasn't it? Mm. Like, It's not been great. No. What, what, what did Last Jedi? $250 million opening weekend and this was $80 million. So that's a massive drop.
2: And it was massively over budget because they essentially... So originally it was going to be a Chris Miller and Phil Lord directed mm. and written um, film. And then they had a falling out with, or difference of opinion with Kathleen Kennedy from Lucasfilm Disney, uh, and they basically tore up the film, brought in new scriptwriters, new directors, and reshot. I think like eighty percent of it.
1: Mm. I so think which can... I'll I'll be surprised if that opening scene was done by Ron Howard because it feels so different to the rest of the film. Like the dialogue is weird. Um, and, like, just how everyone's acting is just really different to how the rest of the film turns out.
2: To its credit, you can't really tell the kind of points that well, where there's not... No, no, there's not... On the whole, you can't go, oh, that's a, you know... Yeah, yeah. That's a Miller and Lord scene, that's a That's Ron probably Howard to scene.
1: Ron Howard's credit that he's yeah. smoothed that over, but...
2: But I feel like they must have rushed the rewrite of the script a bit because it could have mm. done with several more passes. yeah. There's just there's lines in there like um there's a line about um I'm sorry for punching you in the face which is like you just you don't you don't say that you say I'm sorry for hitting you I'm sorry for punching you not I'm sorry for punching you in the face <laughs> um
1: but yeah that's I don't know I there was right. another another thing to just say <laughs> on this is if this film wasn't about Han Solo, if it was a film about a character that we didn't know or like a story that we didn't really know, we wouldn't be nitpicking it like this.
2: The br- but also it wouldn't make sense because my point is, one of my main points is that it's all in service of hitting these kind of things, mm. this nostalgia tour of stuff that we know about Han Solo, so let's find out about it. And that's fine to put in as a kind of background Easter egg thing. Like the fact that you see star destroyers being constructed in the background. Great. That's really good. Like Mm. it's not commented on, it's not mentioned, but you go, Oh yeah, we're on Corellia and that's where the star destroyers are made. And great. We can see them. That's cool. The fact that you have to draw attention to Hans gold dice when it's like, oh, yeah, I remember those from the new films. They're in the Millennium Falcon. That means when he's giving these gold dice to the character that he's about to get separated from, we know that he's going to get (laughs) those back again
0: (laughs) because we know what they are. Um, Yeah, I read a pretty uh, um, sceptical take saying, well, it's just another franchising opportunity, isn't it? People can go out and buy the gold dice from (laughs) Solon. I think I just... There were, it, it was
2: kind of, I don't know, it was okay. It was decidedly <laughs> yeah. okay. Listen, but,
1: <laughs> like we've is, after it. we've absolutely tore it to pieces, I there's think, some there's some fun little f- spaceship battles in what, it. That's cool, I don't know, like, that's what I want to see. The
2: tra- The train thing, aside from, I guess, not really making sense in space because they have spaceships. <laughs> but that's kind of a cool setting. I'm not sure they did that much with it. But mm. it, initially, like, I'm all for like a roller coaster type train that they have to do a train heist on. Great. That's a cool setting. I want to say it looked good. None of the CGI,
0: you know, stuck out or anything like that. Did you did you find it quite washed out? Washed out, muddy, dark. Yes. yes. But I feel like a lot of that was the projection.
2: See, so I have, I go to Red Letter Media for a lot of my film yes, stuff. you do which and i have watched that and they had major problems with the cinematography
0: all oh, right it, okay it was well, not
2: maybe it, wasn't it was us. not our projector because they also mm. that i think they said um note to the cinematographer if jay is looking behind him at the projector to work out whether there's a problem with it you've done something wrong <laughs> um okay. yeah so it I'm glad we didn't see it in 3D because we probably wouldn't have been able to see anything. Yeah, that's true. Um, the yeah, I we've we've torn into it. It was okay. Like if yeah. you're not,
1: As, well, you said Joe asked me the day, what do you think about it? And I said, bang, average. It's yes. Average. Yeah. yeah. I think that's I just I'm just which is not good enough for a Star Wars film. I'm Tell just annoyed.
2: Yes, I'm annoyed because, um. somebody moving a trolley outside Um, yes I'm annoyed because it's you know it's a Star Wars movie and I grew up with the Star Wars movies and there was a time when I was absolutely obsessed with them and like I feel and Disney was on such a high at some point like I I liked episode 7 I know some people didn't but I really liked episode 7 they I like a lot of the stuff they're doing in terms of their animated stuff like frozen and moana and tangled and that kind of stuff and pixar as well are doing okay and so that and all of the marvel movies and stuff i'm i think on the whole those are really good uh, in terms of I'm like you know they uh mm. they a mass market but they're very good at that mm. and so it feels like disney was on a high and now they're just kind of messing star wars up and it I was expecting this kind of resurgence of let's bring Star Wars back to, you know, the heights of what I, you know, the films that I loved when I was growing up, and they don't seem to be doing a great job of it. They just seem to be doing a nostalgia-driven.
1: Like the personnel's there though, isn't it? Like the the names that they're getting in to make these films, you think, oh, they're a safe pair of hands. Like yeah. this is going to be good, but.
2: And like, I like, I'm a fan of, I've not seen all of Lord and Miller's stuff, but uh, I've basically seen the Lego movie in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, I think.
0: Oh, you're big into that.
2: I've not seen 21 Jump Street or any of the, I've heard it's good. Yeah, it is. But, so I'm, I really like the films of theirs that I've seen and I would, like, I don't know if their style would match with Star Wars, but I kind of thought that the, point of these side stories was to do something different like play it relatively safe with the main numbered movies and do something a bit different with the side stories so i would have been interested to see their take on it
0: but it seems like they didn't agree with that so that to that point i feel like rogue one was a more effective film but i know you prefer solo don't you because you don't think characters were very investable
2: yeah I'm not sure I feel like I should watch both of them again in order to decide but yeah my problem with Rogue One was that I did not care about any of those characters and therefore what was the point of the film because if I don't care about them then I don't care about the situations they're in and at this point you know yeah Mm -hmm. a a 10 minute um, space battle with X-Wings and stuff is great cool that's good but that's 10 minutes out of quite of a long
0: film
1: yeah I, it's interesting that a lot of people d- didn't really like the characters in rogue one cuz i thought they were pretty good i i really enjoyed it You're talking the original characters as as in the, the new characters yeah the sorry. new characters i mean i know yeah they were not as strong as you know han solo princess leia luke skywalker but you knew they were all going to die at the end of it so i i was all right with not getting too attached to them i don't <laughs> you, know
2: well you didn't know did you
1: well not, well, you knew that they weren't important, at least not yes. important enough to be put into the original trilogy.
2: Yeah, but then again, if they had been, then you would have been complaining because we knew what was going to happen to them.
1: Yeah. So why why make the film then? Yeah. This is what this is what my argument is. Like if you, if you're gonna make a film like Solo, you've you've got to knock it out of the park. Otherwise, you you're just doing a disservice. Just can leave I, it alone.
2: <laughs> can I get your take, Adam? Joe knows oh, exactly my take yeah. on uh,
0: the character L3.
1: Uh, abysmal.
0: Oh, good. I thought it was abysmal. Glad we're all coming down on the same side of that one. Um,
1: Basically, like... I, right, the same thing they did with, uh, in Last Jedi with the animal rights stuff. Like, they're trying to shoehorn in sort of um, modern... Conflicts, if you like, I don't. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of a word. You know, this kind. Of, like, it deals yeah, with like, like equality, sex, sexism, or it's this kind sort of, of AI kind of thing. They're just doing it so clumsily. Like you can, you can address those things, but just why do you have to do it like that? The
2: like
1: I have I need to
0: look at it through like like the original trilogy. If you were to look at it through a 1970s or 80s lens. Were they doing the same thing there though? Because I know sci-fi is always seen as the most progressive genre because it's usually speculating into like a you know a future where uh, it's like taboos are less taboo or where humanity's reaches great enlightenment. And I wonder if maybe that kind of thing.
1: Well, yeah, they, they did. You know, you see like dro- like droids are getting sort they're treated like slaves, and mm. you you empathize with droids or, because you like because you care about them as characters and. You kind of just naturally feel so, feel bad for what's happening to him. In this, it's like saying, "Look, look at this. This is bad, isn't it?" It's,
2: yeah. It's like, but do you really want to get into that in a Star Wars film?
1: Well, that's that's what I'm saying. If like, that's
2: not your main point of your film,
1: you you should just naturally draw those emotions through the characters anyway. You do You can make you can have a conscious decision to do it, but just do it in a more subtle way. I feel like it has been addressed you know Mm. like C-3PO R2-D2 but
2: I mean even that
1: like because they're sold to Luke aren't they in the beginning yeah
2: but he he owns them and he's never like I mean okay so he has the line about don't you know just call me Luke you don't need to call me Master yeah and that but he doesn't like seem like that you know upset that his uncle's buying droids it's just a thing that they do they're they're built
1: yeah, no, but for he, the purpose. But he of... specifically wants to buy R2D2 because he feels sorry for him or he just I likes the look of him or something. But what but my point of that is though, that you naturally get that point. You naturally get that droids are enslaved or whatever.
2: Yeah. Well he like he emphas empathizes with them and he will help them out. And like when C three PO is saying, Hey, how about R two D two? he says, Hey, let's get R2D2, because C three PO wants to work with him. But he doesn't, you know, he still uses droids. He's not like, a this is terrible, a terrible practice and the world is terrible and we shouldn't have robots to do our work for us. It just kind of seems like the distinction is whether you treat them well or not, not so much mm. whether you buy into the practice of having robots or not. Yeah, okay. But anyway, I think... If you really, 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 really wanted to tackle the you know, arguments around whether or not you should have droids and whether droids are enslaved and whether droids battling each other, which is a thing that we've not seen before and has just been introduced in this film, is a bad thing or not, then like point A, I don't think that's a good thing to bring up as just like a throwaway. Line and point b the character that wants to discuss that needs to have more to their personality than that
1: Mm. yeah exactly i
2: absolutely hated the l3 character yeah
1: it was like terrible
2: because you just like even if you agree or go yeah it is kind of weird that robots are treated in this kind of as slaves essentially. And they do have their own personalities and they do think for themselves. And so maybe that shouldn't be just the constant moaning and whining and mm. like,
0: do you need anything else equal rights?
2: Just oh, yeah. that. What
0: about that line? That line in the weird one insinuating that she was having relations with Lando. Yes. Yeah. What
1: is that? And th- this just, is the that thing. is
0: that is her entire character and everything
2: is just moany, whiny. It's like whether or not you agree with the whole social justice warrior label and whatever your feelings on that movement, if you can call it that, um, it's just they've written the most stereotypical social justice warrior character. Like, I don't think ironically... I think
1: yeah, and, and I, you know, if, it if, definitely if, doesn't feel ironic anyway. If it's
2: ironic, if it's like supposed to be poking fun at that, they really missed the mark. And if it's supposed to be genuine, they just made a completely unlikable character. Mm. Just, I was yeah, I was waiting for that character to get blown up, and yeah, I was all, glad when that happened because all she not,
1: did throughout the film was hinder the main characters as well. She did. She offered nothing.
2: She she just complained, had a bad attitude, just constantly like getting up in everybody's faces about politics.
1: And then she and then she dies, and you're supposed to feel sorry. It's like a really weird scene where there's like the emotional music comes in, and Lando's like cradling her head or whatever. Mm. It's like. This is bizarre. Are we supposed to feel bad about this or I know and Supposedly, that's men have been
0: emotionally grounding Lando as well. I and, think up until this point has been a little bit of a zany character. I know, but yeah. And the the ultimate ultimate point of
2: her character, as far as I can tell, apart from some like throwaway robot politics and I guess fleshing out Lando's character a bit in weird ways, um, is that there was a line in the original four movies somewhere in the original trilogy, sorry, somewhere where C-3PO is talking to the, the Falcon's hyperdrive and he's talking about it, having like a weird dialect and like being Mm. a bit, you know, weird to talk to. Um, So they upload L3's consciousness into the Millennium Falcon, which explains the way that like throwaway line about how, the Falcon's a bit weird to talk to. So the sassy, like, complainy, whiny character is now part of the Millennium Falcon, and so that explains why the computer is kind of a bit rude and weird to see 3PO in that trilogy. Which, again, like, you really, really did not need to do that. (laughs) There was no point to doing that. But, okay, you did that. Let's take a look at the context of that okay so you've taken the robot that lando was probably in love with who was probably in love with lando you've taken the only remains of her her consciousness uploaded them into his spaceship and then you've stolen his spaceship off him in a game of cards so he's completely separated the two of them yeah you just
0: think about the context of these things yeah at least uh at least Solo didn't shoot first. He did. Yeah, yeah. He absolutely <laughs> I know. We Unfortunately, we don't have time to go into yeah. that. We do have to wrap up. But yes, fair uh, ne- to say they hit pretty much every conceivable uh, uh, yeah, reference that they could have.
2: Solo, a Star Wars story Star Wars. in a cinema near you.
0: Yeah. Go and have a look. Make up your own mind. Don't let
2: us tell you what to do. Send, send us a long complaining email about how I'm wrong or how
0: I'm right. Yeah. Maybe you'll persuade us. You never know. Okay, I'm gonna have to wrap this up. Uh, at least we got a bit more time than I expected. I yep. Thought we'd have to be out of here by four. That has not been the case, but we do have to get out now. So uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so if you do want to uh, talk to us about it, send an email podcast at unravelingtechnology.co.uk or tweet us at unraveling tech. We've got the blog unraveling technology, which Adam is always working away on. Uh, anything good? Uh, Jono wrote a blog about the he did, yes, if you want to get into the minutia of of, of wireless 60 gigahertz wireless point to point capabilities it's all on there in immense detail for you to have a look through and we've also got uh, no, we don't have anything else, but if you want to leave us a review on iTunes it would be tremendously helpful and we would appreciate it a lot and adam will give you a personalized call out on the next episode yeah that's how confident i am
1: (laughs) that we're gonna get
0: great (laughs) yeah okay that's it from us uh we'll be back next week thank you very much for listening from me joe adam david and we'll see you next time goodbye bye bye